This is Hannah Crum, the Kombucha Mama. I am speaking with two other awesome Kombucha Mamas today, Vanessa Tortolano and Ala Shapiro of Nasala. Hey, ladies. Welcome. Thank you. Hey, hey how's it going? Great. So uh, tell me, what is Nasala, this mysterious name of yours? <laughs> Nasala uh, came up when we were trying to figure out a name, and then I was just messing around, and I was like, what if we just combine our names? We could have it be like Alaness yeah. or Nasala. Which yeah. one sounds better? <laughs> Not Alaness. <laughs> so, yeah, we came up with Nasala, and it just kind of went from there. And who's Vanessa and who's Ala? I'm Vanessa. And I'm Ala. Awesome. So <laughs> this really is the embodiment of Vanessa and Ala. Yes. Yeah. So tell me, well, how did you guys meet? How did you get into the kombucha? Uh, we met as two mamas with young little babies and um, started talking and realized that we had a lot in common as far as, you know, um, we're both very interested in herbal healing and things like that. And we're just very like-minded ladies. And then we started really hanging out uh, a couple of years later and uh, we're wanting to do herbal classes just to help empower people. Um, about herbs and taking care of their own bodies and, be, you know, just being more aware of what they can actually do at home and not have to go to the doctor all the time. Yeah, for. and to really just empower people to take their health into their own hands and like trust in themselves and their intuition and inner being <clears throat> to really, you know, know what's going on with them and not have to put all their trust outside of themselves. Um, Vanessa was working at the co-op at the time and she just started noticing kombucha coming through the aisles and um, she took interest I guess anybody yeah. would really I was a cashier and so I just kept seeing it coming through the line all the time and I was like what is this stuff and somebody kind of told me about it and so I got some and I tried it I'm like whoa <laughs> <laughs> this stuff tastes I like it it tastes it tastes <laughs> powerful amazing and then, different oh, yeah and so I drank a whole one um, <laughs> and I mean, luckily, I mean, I drink plenty of water, so I was I was okay with, you know, my stomach was fine and everything. And I just felt fantastic. I felt really alert. I felt really awake and really happy, and I was in a great mood. And, and so, that's so not like her usually. So right. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a miracle tonic for her. <laughs> it just amplified my natural personality. Um <laughs> and so I started drinking it a lot, and then somebody said, oh, you can make it. And I was like, no way. And I'm like, something this good can't possibly be that great for you. You know, it's, this has got to be like, it's got to have side effects or something, or something builds up in your system that's not good for you. And I, you know, I went online, I researched this, I researched it and checked it out, and I was like, wow, this stuff is really good, and it's natural, and you can make it. And so I ended up getting a SCOBY. And I started making it, and then I was like, Ollie, you got to check out this stuff. It's super amazing and awesome. She's like, um, yeah. yeah, I've been doing <laughs> that for 10 years now. Yeah, it was funny because I started brewing in California when I was living in San Diego, and I got my first SCOBY from my herbal teacher. And so I was brewing there, and then we moved here to Madison, and I you know, I was trying to turn people onto it in Madison, and people were like, that is strange I'm not touching that not like what is that and so I couldn't really get that many people to really even look at it 
um, until, and it was like, I don't know, two, three years later that Vanessa started noticing it coming through, you know, at the aisles at the co-op and stuff. And that w- was the national brand GT Synergy. So so was that in the early 2000s? That, yeah, it was like, you know, probably around 2000, 2003, 2004, mm-hmm. I would say, 2005 even. You know, we're in the Midwest. Things are a little slower. <laughs> because I remember seeing GTs, you know, living in California was on the shelves at yeah. the local. He's been around for 15 years, yeah. believe it or not. Totally. But in the Midwest, it was much harder to find when I first moved back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. But you, so, but that wasn't the first time you'd ever had kombucha. Well, you know, I thought it was. But I, when I was talking to my parents about, you know, what we were going to do as a business, they were like, what? You don't, you don't sell kombucha. Like, what are you talking about? You just, you know. You just make it at home in your windowsill. We made it. Your grandparents made it. You know, everybody makes kombucha and you just drink it. And they would drink it like soda in Russia. I grew I was born in Russia and that was, you know, what you drank because you didn't have soda or anything else. So, and everybody is, is really into fermented foods and drinks there. It's part of their culture, their diet. So um, that's just what you did. And that was a totally normal part of your, you know, day-to-day activities to brew and drink kombucha. Do you remember the kombucha you had as a child? Uh-uh. No, I've you know it was just probably just something I drank every day, and again, the kombucha that we make here definitely tastes different. It's not exactly the same, but you know the way the kombucha is, it just takes a, on its environment. So wherever you are, it's always going to taste a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And my parents said that they brewed it sweeter because it was more of like a soda type of drink for them, more of a treat rather than a health tonic. Yeah, yeah. And so do they still brew it now? Are they, they, they got back into it once I started brewing again, and I gave my mom a SCOBY, and she started brewing it, but she still just prefers for me to bring her some. <laughs> you know, but she it's cool because, you know, a lot of their friends are, are Russian, and they all immigrated here to the U.S., and they all kind of left all that behind when they made the, you know, move to the U.S. And so now a lot of them are getting back into the kombucha and brewing it themselves and, you know, it's pretty cool that I had some part of that, you know, to bring some of their culture and roots back to them in Absolutely. a way. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's exciting to, yeah. to go so far away to California and think you're bringing something new. And in fact, yeah, it's not like, they're like, oh, yeah, we've done that. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because my parents just got back. They were in Germany and they were at the in Baden-Baden and the kombucha is everywhere. They had it in their rooms. They had it, you know, all over the spas, every restaurant, every hotel. And wow. a lot of places in Europe serve and have kombucha. So it's pretty cool. A lot of it's made in house. Yeah, it's all made in house. Or I love that. I love yeah. that it's it's all locally made and locally brewed. And like you said, everywhere has its own kind of flavor profile that it picks up just from the wild yeast or from the water. So that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's one of the things with the kombucha, why it's so awesome is it totally incorporates that, you know, simpling, which is, you know, whatever's in your environment, it's going to benefit you the most. Yeah. So the kombucha in your environment is picking up on all that stuff that's just floating around in the air. And that's what you're putting back into your body to create, you know, a healthier, stronger you. So what do you guys, uh, what do you put in your kombucha? I know, you know, the three basic ingredients. (laughs) What magic? Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we use we use organic cane sugar. We use reverse osmosis water, and then we use all uh, we use 
Rishi tea exclusively uh, out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And it's a really high-grade, nice tea. They're a fabulous company that um, makes sure that everything is fair trade and that their workers are treated wonderfully. And I think the owner goes, like, he's busy mostly traveling to each of the countries that they get their tea from, um, sort of overseeing and making sure that everybody's treated fairly and that everything's being done really nicely and well. And then they take 25% of their proceeds and they donate it to um, clean water. That's important. So is your guys' well water, your reverse osmosis water, or is it? No, it's city city water. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're not far out enough in the country to have well water. Madison's an actual city? No, I'm just kidding. It is. It is. (laughs) We have cars on the road, And everything. Yeah, no, I've even been there. (laughs) Being from the Midwest myself, I have been up to Madison. It's a pretty groovy city, if I don't say so myself. It's so awesome here. Yeah, so that's great. So how has the city kind of received you guys? Has there been a good response in the community or is there a lot of education? The first, you know, the first like year and a half was a lot of education. And so, you know, we would sit at the farmer's markets and basically just tell people what it was, you know, and they'd be like, what is it? And we'd be like, well, it's this. Well, that's interesting. You know, and so, yeah, and we went down to Chicago, we were in Milwaukee, and it was a lot of education. It was a lot of, you know, trying to inform people and get them into the groove of what it is and let them taste it. And a bunch of people just got hooked that way. And we've, I mean, we've converted so many people who, when they initially had it, were like, oh God, I don't know how you drink that crap. You know, and now we have like avid people. Those very people have turned around and now they're like, hey, you got any booch? (laughs) (laughs) I'm jealous for the booch. No, the Madison community is an amazing, amazing bunch of people. They've embraced us. They've, you know, we wouldn't supported us. We've had so many people that have helped us along the way that, you know, we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at now without them, you know, from kitchen space to, um, you know. Just getting into the yeah. stores and restaurants and things. I mean, I would talk about it constantly because I had at the time when we first first started to do this, I had three jobs. So it was like kind of my job in those three jobs yeah. to constantly <laughs> talk about kombucha and what I was doing. It was the only thing that made it worthwhile for her to have to go to these jobs. Right. I mean, it, but it was great because yeah. each time I would re-encounter the same people, they'd be like, how's the business? It's great. It's awesome. We're doing this and this and this. And now it's here and here and here. And, you know, it just, that word of mouth travels out and people want to support that. You know, they want to support something awesome that's happening and people are just very proud of us. And it's so, it's very uplifting, you yeah. know, to go places and hear people talking about us without knowing that it's us. You know, That is cool. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, we're so proud. This is so cool what you're doing. And, you know, we, we do our best to support the community and support the, you know, the environment and to support all the other local businesses around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you like your bottles? Where do you get your bottles? We get them from WB in Milwaukee. They, we get the bottles there and get them printed there. And so we just try to source everything as close to us as possible. Mm-hmm. And then all the tea um, compost that we have left over, like, you know, because we have these bags and bags of tea that we use and it's all loose leaf. So and we, you know, we reuse our tea bags, which are basically um, cloth bags. Um, and so we dump them out and then we put them in these five gallon buckets and we have a farmer who comes and picks them up and 
puts them in her compost and she just loves it. Cause then we can take all our extra scobies too. And you know, all the spent ones and she puts that in our compost as well. And she just loves it. Yeah. Well, I bet her it, plants love it. I mean, there's yeah. all that nitrogen in the tea and the, and the culture itself. That's, uh, mm-hmm. it's great. That's cool that even though we're done with it, it's kind of, it's going back into the earth and helping support somebody else's, you know, path growing food. Yeah. Growing food. It's the cycle. It's the cycle of life. Instead of going into some landfill and who knows what will happen to it, at least it's getting reabsorbed back into the earth. That's really, I love the cycle of life. Yeah. (laughs) And then, I mean, our growlers, we have, um, we sell 64 ounce half gallon growlers and those have a $3 bottle deposit on them. So they're reusable. We, you know, take those back all the time. We sterilize and wash them and then reuse them. And then our small bottles can be reused because of the screen printing labels on them and their mouth, their uh, uh, mouth openings are large enough that we can sterilize them again. And so we have people bring those back as well. So, and they're just great bottles for using for anything else too. So what percentage would you say you get back? Of the growlers? Sure. Probably, I would say about 80%. Oh, that's and a lot. Ones, yeah, and the ones that we don't get back, people are like, you know, they use them for water jugs, mm-hmm. for coffee, for their tea, flower, you know, vases. Mm-hmm. Also, we had one gal that said she used them for centerpieces at her wedding for flowers. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> you guys are everywhere. So what are some of the ways in which, I know you, you said the community really appreciates you. Is there is there a way that you're interacting with the community? Are... Something that's coming up uh, in uh, March, the very beginning of March, is we're going to do uh, Madison's first annual kombucha. <laughs> wow, um, what's that? <laughs> It's like a, you know, like a chili cook-off or a pork-off, except for it's kombucha. And so um, we're kind of handpicking our contestants. Uh, we're going to have, you know, categories such as best kombucha, most effervescent, most interesting flavor for those who want to experiment around, uh, best dessert using kombucha, mm. best uh, food yeah. recipe using kombucha. So we're going to get some local chefs involved and some local bartenders involved to get them to create some really fun cocktails. And then... We're going to have people come in and purchase tickets, and all the money that we're going to make from the tickets is all going to go to benefit REAP Farm to School, which is a really amazing program out here in Madison and Wisconsin. And it brings local farm fresh organic food to uh, schools in need. So in the uh, um, more poverty-stricken areas and schools. um, And education to the children to really, you know, for them and their families to really show them, you know, where their food comes from and what, you know, how good it can be and not processed. And it's a mutually beneficial relationship. You guys get to share the love of kombucha while also raising money for schools in need and and getting them some healthy food and some. It sounds like a like a great connection with the the farm community there and really understanding where your food comes from. Well, we're really passionate about that because we both have young children and they're all in the school system. And it's really important to us to really educate the kids on where their food comes from and how to grow food and, you know, to really appreciate fresh vegetables and fresh grown food is for their bodies and for the earth. Especially if we want to make a difference, you know, you got to start with the children because they're the ones that are really going to turn things around if they, you know, if anybody is. Yeah, we're too old. Yeah. It's too late for us. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I've got like one foot out the door, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, by inspiring, you know, teaching children at a young age, they take that passion, they take that love uh, of of organics, of nature, of health, of reconnecting to our food. I mean, that's one of the big problems in this country, why we see so much obesity and, and heart disease and diabetes is our food supply is so processed and so chemicalized that we're not getting the nutrients from the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really great that you guys are teaming up to do that. That sounds really exciting. But uh, are there some some other ways, like, uh, like do you – do you pay people in kombucha? I mean, do you share? We do, your- we do, yeah, we do a lot of bartering. And that's like one of the things that we love most about what we do is the fact that we can barter within our community. It's a tradable product yeah. for other trades, such as um, getting our hair done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually like, exactly. you know, we, we trade for things that we normally like wouldn't necessarily have the extra cash to pay for, you know, like three items uh, and massages mm-hmm. and we get our hair done because um, we got to look beautiful, you know, That's right. <laughs> no, but it's great. We have an amazing community that there's so many people in Madison that are doing their own thing and making a living at doing something that they're passionate about. And, um, and mostly those are the people that we barter with. And so right. they get our kombucha and we in exchange, we get, you know, shoes fixed. We get like Vanessa was saying, massage, yoga, we have a friend that makes um, raw chocolates. We trade with her, and she also borrows uh, kitchen space from us as well. And so there's a lot of uh, mutually beneficial yeah. trading. And you happening. know, we we're pretty small, but we have a couple employees, and we can't offer you know your standard Benny package. But we do offer you know yoga once a week, and we do offer massage and chiropractic care, and it's all through trade. You know, all these people are trade with. Vanessa and I, and we're able to provide these services for our, mm-hmm. you know, for our, our people. And during know. farmer's market season, yeah, man, I mean, you just that's... bring a case of kombucha to the farmer's yeah. market and we you get bring, all our yeah. veggies and what we need, yeah. you know, meats, fresh meats, eggs, whatever. Yeah. We always bring an extra case just for that, you know, pastries, <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. the good stuff. But that, no. I, I love that. I mean, that's kind of how, you know, human trade started out. It was like, well, I have this and you have that. Let's make a trade. And, you know, in this economic times when things are a little tough for people, it's like, well, what do I have? If I don't have money, what do I have? I have my energy. I have my service. I have the things I create. And mm-hmm. so being able to barter like that and, hey, that massage and chiropractic sounds better than a lot of people's many package anyways well that's how we feel about it you know if we can and plus kombucha so Mm -hmm. you know um it's it's mutually beneficial for everybody and it's it's not really about the monetary value of it anymore it's more of the exchange of energy because Mm -hmm. you know we're getting the energy that they're putting into their services and they're getting the energy that we're putting into ours and it's more of like this beautiful exchange of energy rather than, you know, my kombucha is worth this much and your service is worth this much. So you get this much for this much. It's just, it takes that whole thing away. Yeah. It's really nice. It just feels really good. Well, we've, we've over monetized everything. It's like nothing has any value unless we can put a dollar sign on it. And that's just not true. I mean, you know, there, there's inherent beauty to clean drinking water that really there's no price you can put on that or for pristine wilderness or, you know, a species not having to go extinct because of human activity. Uh, Those things have no price, but also this, I love this idea of, like you said, kind of freeing up the, it, it equals this, it equals that, but just 
the way that community comes together and the way that you there's a richer exchange I think that occurs than just the simple transaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it feels good, you know. It feels good to be able well, to because you're connecting yeah. with your community, you're connecting with these people, and those people turn around and then connect with other people, and it's a great way. It's a great actual like guerrilla marketing scheme, you know, because <laughs> then you're talking about their services and they're talking about your services. And in turn, those other people, you know, it ripples out. So I know it's a college town there. Are the college kids all hep to the kombucha jive? They don't seem like they're quite into it yet. I think, one, because it is more expensive. Um, However, I was just contacted by somebody at the UW, and they're forming a raw raw food group on campus. And uh, they want us to come and uh, give some classes and lectures. So that's going to be really exciting. I think that should be something that happens, you know. So are you guys still teaching? Do you still do your classes? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do our classes, and they're always really fun, and we get a lot of people that turn out. It's always amazing to us how many people sign up, you know, because Madison's relatively a small place, but people are still showing up, and it always blows our minds. We're like, wow, that's awesome. And we give a really fun class, too. We're completely goofy and silly. and Especially for the whole thing. And then by the end of the second class, we're just... (laughs) That sounds like fun. So so do people... So you've educated a lot of people then in your area on how to do this themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you don't find that that's like then cutting into your your market? Or what, what is your scope right now? Where are you? Well, we're, we extend all the way down um, into the Chicago area. We're in Milwaukee. We're at all three outposts in Milwaukee and Beans and Barley. Um, we're, you know, Janesville and Rockford and Pewaukee and um, mm-hmm. Stevens Point. And we're getting into Viroqua next week. So we're kind of all over. I, mean, it's, I, mean, I don't know. Some people say, why would you ever teach somebody to do that? Don't you want them to buy it? But it's just like, you know, people know how to make their own coffee. They know how to make their own juice. Not <laughs> right. affecting the coffee or juice industry, I don't think. Right. You know, some people get really into it, and some people, you know, they try it for a while, and this, they find out that they really it's just don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not for them, and sometimes they just can't make it taste that good. And mm-hmm. even people that brew their own, like it's not like if you make your own coffee at home, you're not going to go out and buy a cup of coffee. Absolutely. Well, I love yogurt, but I don't make that at home either. You know. Yeah. I- Right. So, I mean, it, and they get to taste ours during the classes because we do sample it out just so people kind of get an idea of where, you know, if they've never brewed before, what it should really, what they're looking for. And people get to taste it. And, you know, some people go out and buy it and some people don't, but they always spread the word. So I don't really feel like it's affected us in a negative way at all. Mm-hmm. Well, and, in fact, you guys have recently upscaled. Is that right? Yeah. We just, yeah, we just moved into our new space um, in October, and um, we've, we have a much bigger space now. It's really, really, really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's on, it's on the ground floor, whereas we used to be in a basement where we had to go up and down like two flights of stairs, and there was no real ventilation or windows, and we have gigantic windows in our ground floor. And a garage space, door. And a garage door. Which is when you're hauling a lot of kombucha in and out, that's a that's yeah. a good door to have. Yeah. We used and to carry we... like two, you know, two three pallets worth of kombucha up three flights of stairs <sighs> on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. and you know each case weight like growlers is like thirty five pounds, and 
the 16 ounces are like 20 pounds. So, you know, it's a lot of work. I guess you don't need to go to the gym then. Now we do. Now, <laughs> oh, we now do. you do. <laughs> now we have employees. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We've Definitely. got young, strong employees. Yeah. But we still do everything yeah. by hand. Everything is bottled by hand. Everything's brewed by hand, stickered and sealed all by hand. Everything's hand put on the truck and hand delivered. So that's, that's great, though. I think that's there's value in that. You know, there's energy, there's love, there's intention that goes with all of that. And I think that's, again, one of the things we're missing from our food supply is when it's all chemicalized and mechanized and it's mm-hmm. not a human who's caring for it or putting any energy into it. Like, I think it does. It changes the taste. It changes the energy value of that. You nice. know, and kombucha is a living thing. So it's going to you know absorb any kind of energy you bring around it. Cause you know, we've noticed at times when we haven't been at our best energy wise, and we've noticed that, that it has affected our brews. Like most definitely our brews have been affected by the energy that we bring about mm-hmm. it. And then our sales are affected. Yeah. So, you know, we make a really conscious effort to, how they say, leave it at the door as much as possible and just to be positive and happy. And we play good music. Yeah, I was going to say, do you play music? You got some kind of ambiance going? Yeah. What do you guys like to listen to? Like, uh, like Every- rock, you're rocking out or you're, you're dancing? We rock out. We listen to reggae. We get some hip hop going, whatever we feel like, you know, at the time. Yeah. Boost in the mood. You do yeah. like, do you do candles? Do you... <laughs> you know, some gypsy Russian funk. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's exciting. So you're like, you're, you're just magic. You're in your magical dance, doing your thing, making your boot. And the people we work with that work for us are just so awesome too. And we're just like one this little family and we just all respect one another and love each other. And yeah. Everybody support each other. Yeah, and everybody that's it's like so happy and ex- like happy with their jobs and happy to come to work and do what they're doing and um it's really awesome. Yeah, that's definitely not something you you find a lot of people talking about these days. Yeah. So that's that's great to hear. So what so what are your long-term goals? Are you looking to be across the United States? Are you No, not at all. We're all about keeping it local and supporting your local stores and um you know, we don't really feel like there's a need to ship anything across country because somebody there could be making their own local kombucha and could be profiting from it and profiting within that community. And so, you know, and it's one of those things we feel should always be fresh. So we have no dreams of, you know, shipping to California or anywhere else. That's not within, you know, our reasonable driving delivery so area. That's, so that's the definition is within reasonable driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good definition. That that's a great definition. And then so the farthest we'd really want to go is probably like the you know the the Midwest area, which is Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, Illinois, Wisconsin. You know, and that would probably be the farthest. And in order to do that, we would have to have you know some sort of distributor. And we don't want to work with just any distributor. We want to make sure that we're working with distributors that focus on local small business sort of um, products and services. So I hadn't found those distributors. We have found one that just, we just started working with called natural direct out of Chicago. And they're really awesome. They're a small distribution company. They're like six or seven people. And um, they all, they work with local sustainable, small businesses like ours and they bring, 
you know, they go directly to the farmer or to the producer and get the product and bring it to the stores and the restaurants in the Chicago area. So mm-hmm. they're really awesome. I love that. That's like the, yeah. the, new, the new old economy, right? Bring it yeah, back no, to the but- farm. Well, I was curious about your flavors. I know you guys change them seasonally, which I love because it's in, in tune with nature. But how do you, what's, how do, what's your selection process? How do you decide what goes in it? Um, well, basically because we have like the herbalist backgrounds, we just kind of play with, you know, for the winter season, we want something that's going to boost your immunity and at the same time give a, give a little sunshine and, you know, color into the, you know, into your world because everything is so gray and white and, you know, the sun's not out all the time. So our winter blend is a St. John's wort, hibiscus and Siberian ginseng. And so we just kind of take whatever's in season and um, play around with it and come up with an awesome flavor. Mm-hmm. And then the spring and summer seasons, we go out and we actually wildcraft herbs. We do a lot of red clover because it's everywhere. And um, elderberry, elderberry in the fall and elderflower in the summer. and Mulberry in the spring. Yeah, it's all good stuff too. And it, we d- we'll do trades. We'll actually trade for different fruits and stuff to put in our kombucha, and those are our extra special farmer's market flavors. Um, yeah, we try, we tend to bring things to the farmer's markets that you can't get any of the stores. So they're usually, we usually do a different flavor every week or two, depending on what's in season or what we found or what we've traded for. Mm-hmm. So anything from, like, fresh peach and strawberry to elderberries in the fall and um, watermelon. watermelon. You know, so... As far as the other flavors go, like we said, we use all reishi, and our flavors are just kind of dependent on their tea. We've had like the four reishi tea flavors this whole time, and just recently, maybe a couple weeks ago, we found out that reishi has discontinued one of the teas that we use, our passion fruit tea. They no longer carry it, so we are having to come up with a new flavor, you know, mm-hmm. because we can't get the passion fruit tea anymore, and that's just one of those things when you're working with a, you know, a company that where you're relying on their product to create your own product just kind of goes with the territory. Well, just like the seasonal fruit, it's like what's available to you and how can I make the best product out of what's available to me? Yeah, exactly. So is your tea a green tea, black tea? We use all different teas. We do an oolong base for most of them, um, except for the lemongrass ginger, um, which is a black tea base. So we don't need to combine with the other ones. We just always want to make sure that there's some black tea in there and the oolong balances it out and has just such a lovely flavor to base anything off of. Um, Yeah, it's not overpowering and it's very, you know, it's very rounded. It's a harmonious tea. Mm. (laughs) Oh, that sounds lovely. Now, do you do the fruit and the tea all at the same time with the culture or you do that after or? Well, the, 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 our standard flavors, um, from Rishi, we just use the, the tea and there's usually, if there are, you know, bits of fruit and stuff, it's it's all dried and dehydrated in there with the tea. Okay. Uh, So we don't add anything ever to our standard flavors. When it comes to like our farmer's market, special blends and stuff like that, what we'll do is we'll brew first and then we'll siphon it off from the SCOBY and put it into another container with blended fruit, fruit, whatever. It all sounds like you guys are moving in the right direction. Your mojo's building. People are getting the word out. So how is your Chicago? Are you getting a lot more? um, Well, now that you have the new distributor, is is Chicago really waking up to Nasala Kombucha? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, because they go out and get the accounts for us now, too. And so they already have all these accounts established, and then they can bring us on board. And, you know, kombucha is starting to become so more mainstream that people at these places have already heard of kombucha or they already have, you know, the national brand on their shelf or whatever. And so, and the whole trend towards going local that when anybody hears you've got a local product like that, they're very happy to give it a go. Well, but I think that that's the great thing about kombucha is that it's, it's an easy, like you said, it's an easy way to feel those benefits quickly. It's easy to make. It's now these days it's becoming easy to buy everywhere. And it just, it really has an impact in such a positive way. And it's, it's just so life-giving. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, this was so wonderful chatting with you ladies about Thank your kombucha. And um, any last thoughts or parting words? Go local. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. support your local communities and, you know. Yeah. And one more time, when is your kombucha off? Is that in Madison? Yeah, it's going to be in Madison on March 6th from the- 2 to 5 p.m. at the Weary Traveler. On the Near East Side. Great. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I really enjoyed chatting with you and we'll keep uh, sharing the message of kombucha out there. Right. Thanks, Hannah.